Hey friend, I'm Beth Ann Schwamberger, host of the Brilliant Business Moms podcast. This show is all about brilliant women, just like you, who are growing their businesses in the margins. You're juggling nap time and work time, wiping up messes with writing blogs, and I don't believe you need big, impressive numbers or shiny accolades behind your name to be brilliant. This show is about realistic, doable strategies that will work for you and your business right where you are. Big and little wins are celebrated here, and every single one of my listeners is a big deal in my book. Grab your coffee, and maybe the laundry, and be encouraged by business mamas who will make working in the margins just a little more fun. Well, hello, you brilliant business mom, you. I'm so excited you're back and listening to another episode of the Brilliant Business Moms podcast. You are going to love today's interview with Raisel Lamb. She shares so many brilliant ideas she had for involving her audience all along the way while she was developing her premium digital product for them. And Raisel's launch didn't go exactly as planned, but in the very best way possible. You are going to crack up when you hear how her emails went and even one of the names that she gave one of her emails. It's pretty funny. There's so much we can learn from Raisel on how to build our own communities and really care for our audience well and turn that into an incredibly successful launch. Raisel's first launch, honestly, it's going to blow you away. It's way better than my first launch went, but she mentions that she spent a lot of time blogging and building up her email list and connecting with her community ahead of time. So even she wanted to make sure you all knew that Even if your very first launch doesn't go as smashingly well as Raisel's did, that's okay. Every time you'll learn something new and you'll make progress and both she and I want to make sure that you don't give up. Keep going. No matter what your list size is when you're getting ready to launch, you can nurture those folks so well and see incredible results. Now, if you're curious to know if you are ready to launch, maybe you've been blogging for a bit but your list is still pretty small and you're not sure if you have a big enough audience to really launch something to. Well, I've got a quiz just for you. It's called, Are You Ready to Launch Your Product? It's for those of you who might be thinking about creating a digital product like printables or an ebook or an online course. And it's also for those of you who wanna pull off an amazing affiliate launch or launch your own physical products. I have used my product launch model in all of those cases for incredible results. So in this quiz that will just take you a few minutes to complete, you'll learn all of the different aspects that you need to have in place in order to be ready to launch. And at the end of the quiz, when you get your results, I'll give you some specific recommendations for what to focus on depending on where you're at in your business. The quiz is super fun, so I hope you'll head on over and take it. You can find it at brilliantbusinessmoms.com forward slash launch ready. That's L-A-U-N-C-H-R-E-A-D-Y. Okay, let's get to my interview with Raisel. Okay, everyone. So I am so excited to be welcoming Raisel Lamb to the podcast. So Raisel is a health blogger who took her own experience of a particular weight loss program and then maintenance plan. And then she developed a course for other moms to help them with their weight loss maintenance. And she's going to talk with us today about how she launched that course, how it went, how she continues to make sales with it. It's a really fun story. And then also what I love is we're going to chat at the end about 
the way Raizel has set up her business so that she has the freedom to now pursue other hobbies and passions, which yeah, I just love. So welcome to the show, Raizel. Thank you so much for having me, Bethann. I wanted to tell you really quick because I've been listening to your podcast for at least a few years and I've listened to so many of them. So it's exciting for me to like, wow, I can't believe I'm actually here with you. So (laughs) uh, yeah, I'm thrilled to have you. Talk to me first of all about your blog and the focus there and how long you had been blogging before you launched your first course. Basically, I was overweight (laughs) and I did a diet and I lost weight with it and it went well and I learned a lot along the way. And so I actually started out with YouTube. I was making YouTube videos of just, I wasn't there trying to inform people. I was just being like, hey, today I lost one pound and like, this is what I ate. Like it was so, you know, and other ladies were doing it who were doing the same diet. So it kind of built like a small community of, of ladies, you know, commenting on each other's posts. It was just about accountability. And so over time, I ended up starting a website and kind of putting that content on there and just kind of help because people would ask questions that were new to the diet. So then I would start helping them and like try to do that. So yeah, I made a blog out of that with articles. And that was about seven or eight years ago. So it was quite a long time ago. And some of those posts started ranking on Google. And all of that was just like free content for a long time. And over time, I was able to, I actually ended up making a digital workbook first. That was my first product. And that's actually, it was a physical workbook first. It's on Amazon still. And then I made a digital version because I keep way more of that money. And it's nice because they can reuse it, you know, multiple Mm -hmm. times versus a physical one. And then two years ago, I released my program that we're going to talk about today. And that took me a good year and a half to two years to actually make. It was, it could have taken less time. It's just me. (laughs) Yeah. So I guess, you know, three and a half years ago or so I was like, okay, I'm going to make this specialized thing for my audience. And that's kind of my little premium priced product. So. Gotcha. So one, I love though, that even though it took you a while, you didn't give up. You didn't say like, this is taking too long. So let me just toss this in or, you know, throw in the towel. I mean, because you know <laughs> how stinky that would be now because it's been awesome for you. Yeah. Um, I'm curious as to how you figured out what to focus on for your course. That's a good question. You know how like, you know, when you read online and you've probably told people this too, or the ladies you've interviewed is that to like look for a pain point, mm-hmm. something that's like a problem. So what I noticed was there's tons of information out there about how to do this diet, but it's like, no one really knows what to do after it's over. (laughs) It's like, Mm -hmm. and so a lot of people would gain weight back. Like it was this constant thing because I had my email on my blog. So I mean, literally over the last seven years, I have answered thousands and thousands of emails of ladies asking me like for help. And I would have like people there. It's called phase three, basically where you get off, stop losing weight and you just stabilize your weight loss. And, and you, as you know, like honestly, any diet, the gain back ratio, you know, like the percentage of people who gain back is high. Right. And, um, a lot of people blame it on diets. I've now come to realize I don't think it's the diet. It's just that there's no plan for afterwards. So I would just see that coming up again and again. And I'm like one of the few people who actually maintained my weight loss. It's been almost seven years that I've never had to diet again. And so I just was thinking like, I feel like this is a problem that needs to be solved, you know? And to be honest, I wasn't really sure. Like I knew it was a problem that needed to be solved, but I didn't know if the women would, you know, like we get excited to lose weight, Mm -hmm. um, like, and that's really motivating. So we're willing to spend money on it. 
I wasn't honestly sure if people would be willing to spend money on maintaining weight, like not losing it. You know, true. That's like, it's less exciting, right? Yeah. It's not exciting. (laughs) It's like they've already had their big transformation. And so then you're trying to convince them like you need help to stay transformed. Yeah. I really was like, I don't know if they're going to care enough. I've, I mean, just honestly, you know, it turned out they did. So I love how you, you saw a pain point. People were asking you all these questions on this. It's a problem you had solved for yourself successfully. You had maintained your weight loss. And there was a hole in the marketplace. Like other people were not talking about maintenance. And like you said, this is a very niche diet that you had done. And that's something else that I want people to know is that like, for example, Raisel is not talking about the keto diet, which is all over the place. And everyone is searching for keto on Google. She is talking about a super niche diet. And so there's not all this Google traffic, but you still built a a sizable, you know, community and following of women who were interested in what you had to say. Yeah. Like for instance, you know how, again, we hear this on interviews all the time, I'm a huge podcast junkie. So it's like the riches are in the niches and all this stuff. And you feel like, I don't know, can I really make a living off of like niching down? And yeah, you can, just as you mentioned, there's this thing called Google trends that you can find like what the search volume is for certain topics. It's free. You guys can go online and look at it. And so like if I search the keto diet and paleo, paleo is below keto now, of course, because keto is so popular, but the search volume is like so huge. And then the diet niche that I'm in, it's like way down here. Like <laughs> the search volume is very tiny. And yeah, so you might think, I don't know, but yeah, so you really can. And I've heard so many other good success stories of people doing super tiny niches and making a really good living. And what's so great about focusing on that actually is because you're the only one oftentimes, or one of only a small handful of people offering a solution for those searches. Whereas other niches are so big, but there's so many people offering a solution. So the likelihood of them choosing you is just, you know, it's just a lot less. So yeah, very true. Okay. So we're going to get to launch day for your course because it, your <laughs> launch day is so exciting for you. I loved you sent me, you know, some info ahead of time and I was just like, ah, it's amazing. <laughs> but before we get to launch day, I would love to hear about how you involved your audience in this journey towards launching this course, how you got them excited and just ready to buy on launch day. So what I did was I just really tried to involve them in the process. Like I said, it was like a year and a half in the making, but I would continually give them updates, but I would also ask a lot of questions to get their opinion. And I, you know, everyone loves to give their opinion. So, and I, and I would tell that, you know, and I would tell them like, this is, I'm making this for you guys. So you need to tell me like what you want or what you need out of these choices so that I can make something that is actually useful to you. So, and people would write in, I would do it through email and through Facebook and Instagram. I shared like potential mock-ups of like, say how the recipes were going to look in the documents. When I first was like planning it, So I would just show them like, Hey, this is what I'm brainstorming. You know, what do you think guys think of the idea I'm thinking of, you know, and get, and I would get lots of feedback. This was a survey I did actually for them. And to be honest, I can't remember exactly how I utilized the info, but I was trying to get just an idea, you know, of what people struggled with or what they felt successful with. Here you can see I posted on social media. Even just like silly questions, because like, you know, I'm trying to make all these recipes for these ladies, right? And I want to make sure they're going to eat them. 
and want to eat them. So I was like, do you see yourself eating chicken thighs or chicken breasts? You know, like, do you, you know, just, just even silly questions like that. Sometimes I would, you know, talk with them about. And then once I got to the point where I was like trying to figure out a name for the program, I gave them some choices of what I was thinking of and just asked again for their input. Like, what do you guys, what do you guys want it to be called? I did put a little note in my, uh, just that if you do that, probably be sure to reserve any domain names that you are really seriously thinking about just because there's weird people out there. And if you throw those names out, someone could just go snag it for $10. (laughs) And then now you can't use that domain name. That's true. They might be trying to, then they want to sell it to you for thousands. I don't know how likely it is, but it's just, you never know. So like I did reserve like three domain names. It probably cost me 30 bucks. Mm -hmm. And then I only ended up using one and then I let the other two expire a year later, you know? So yeah. I I just love that you involved your audience so much in the creation of this product because like they feel invested then. Like, I mean, what I saw because my sister and I did something very similar when we wrote our first book, Time Management Mama, and then came out with our first planner. Like they loved voting on the book cover and the planner cover. and, And even we included a lot of their own little like time management hacks inside the book and would cite the, because yeah, then they feel like this isn't just Beth Ann and Sarah's product. It's ours. Like we're all in this together, which is huge. And I mean, of course, then there's the second point of just like, then you're making the product that they want, you know, which is, yeah, which is huge. Yeah, that's true. And I, I love that. Yeah. It's because I think in this world of online, so much of our communication these days is online. I don't talk on the phone hardly ever. Like I I text mostly like I don't talk to human beings a whole lot outside of my family. So yeah, we are looking to create like more genuine connections with people. And so when you're doing that with others, they're feeling like this is more personal and really like a real thing, you know, not just Mm -hmm. general out there thing. I think sometimes people are scared to do that because they don't, it's like they want to keep that product really close to themselves and almost like keep it a secret. And I, I'm always like, no, please don't do that. Please put it out there, put yourself out there, give them little peeks, just yeah, get them excited and like be a real person. I think there's maybe this perception of, well, if I share this process with my audience, then I don't look professional or I don't look like I have it all together. And it's like, no, you look like a real person and, and a person that cares very deeply about what your audience wants and needs and what they think. Yeah. I think you're so right that it, that's a big misconception. I think I've felt that way a little at times too. Honestly, even now, when I write to my regular, my free blog, I write little, you know, emails. And every time like I'll write like about a real thing, like, you know, maybe some hardship or like just an article to be encouraging, I'll write it and I always hesitate to send Mm. it. I don't know, maybe that's just you down to earth. Like, you know, because this is my email list. And we know once the email list gets bigger, you don't think like, oh, I'm writing to 10 people anymore. You're like, oh my gosh, I'm sending this to 35,000 people. That feels a little overwhelming. But you know what? To be honest, the times that just for any of you guys who are feeling that way, because I felt that way so many times, still do it now. When I share my real self, the real things I think, the real things I'm going through, those are the times I get the most email replies every single time. Every time I'm like, 
even sometimes I'll be in, like I'll, I'll schedule the email to go out, right? At like 10 o'clock at night, you know, I'm going to have it go out the next morning. And so it's scheduled. I go to bed in the middle of the night. I'm like, I don't know, maybe I should cancel that email. Like, I don't know. I'm too scared, but I'll let it go. And I get so many email replies of being like, oh my gosh, thank you so much for sharing this story. I've been through this or this similar thing. And yeah, so like you said, it, it, it makes you real and they still like, they want to learn from you. So Right, exactly. It's sharing your vulnerabilities and being open doesn't mean that then you're not worthy of being someone that they look up to and want to learn from. It makes it more so because it's like, oh, Razelle has been through this too. Okay, like she understands me and what I'm going through. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about your email list because you had an amazing launch day. So I know some people listening might be like, oh, my email list is not as big as Razelle's was and I want to launch. We'll share some stats with you guys so that no matter what size your email list is, hopefully you'll be encouraged. But I did want to chat with you just a bit about how you built that email list up and what kind of opt-in incentives you were offering on your blog or on social media to get those subscribers. Basically, I have lots of areas on my blog where you can sign up. (laughs) Um, I think the way I have it worded is I don't have tons of like really specific PDF opt-in documents. I know it's recommended. I just kind of never got myself fully together on that. (laughs) Um, That's actually encouraging though. (laughs) Yeah. so, So like what I have like in my sidebar, I just have want motivation, how to's, interviews, pep talks, and then join my email tribe. Sometimes they say that, like they say, don't say join your email tribe, but that's what I say. So I have that. I have a bar across the top. I do put now because my numbers are higher. I put how many subscribers I have just as kind of like, you know, social, mm-hmm. like, oh, I want to be part of that large group too. <laughs> um, so I have that. And then I do have um, some other opt-ins for phase three. We can talk about that more later, but I do have a free opt-in for a free P3 foods list. Okay. So they get that download and then they do get into a funnel for the program. But so that's right. another way. So yeah, over time, it just built from, you know, people seeing the opt-ins in different spots. Mm-hmm. I'll post on social media, like a place where you can sign up. But to be honest, I don't think that's been where I've gotten most of my signups. I think most of it has been through my website and people, you know, opting in over the years through there. Right. So. Okay. Does most of your traffic come from like a combination of Google and Pinterest basically? Almost all entirely from Google, actually. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, that's probably most of my traffic. And then I do get a lot of direct now. It's weird. I'm at the point where, like, my little name for my blog is like a search term. Like, I've seen like people search for it. Like, for instance, people's doctors will tell their patients about me because it's a medically, um, it's a medically supervised diet. Wow. So they're like, oh, my doctor told me about you, and they said to get the rest of my info from you. And I was like, really? <laughs> crazy because I am literally just a mom like you know I was a mommy blogger with this little kid and I can't believe anyway and so at the time of the launch I had about 23,000 subscribers and now I'm I think I'm around 34,000 but okay so 23,000 subscribers and you're saying most of that just came from the fact that you've been blogging for a while yes you've been putting out and and on YouTube as well but putting out consistent content inviting people into your community and you had this focused niche. So people knew it's not like when they were going to sign up for your email tribe, as you call it, that they're like, oh, well, I don't know what I'm going to get from Razelle. It's like, no, they, if they're interested in that particular diet, then they're going to sign up. 
right? They, you know, they want the updates. So just another, I guess, vote for niching down. And that's, I don't know, that's just really impressive that you, you know, are getting all your traffic from Google and then have a very sizable list of targeted subscribers. Yeah. I know it's crazy how it's built up over time. I think I was looking at like when I first redesigned my site several years ago and it showed like what my current number was in the PSD that I was designing and it was like 4,000. I was like, wow, I can't believe how much has changed. Like, it's just crazy. So yeah, just give yourself time. Like when you do it, the numbers will slowly build. You know, you see like, oh, I'm getting five new subscribers a day and eventually it's 10 and then 30 and then 40 and you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It does. Things snowball. It's if you're consistent and you're putting out great content and helping and serving your audience, it's things do grow. Okay. So I want to hear about launch day. You have the best story too about, I guess, maybe start with the night before. Okay. And walk us through what happened. Okay. Okay. I'm going to have to like, I know, cause this is, I w- it was honestly a little hard to remember exactly how it went. And then when I like looked back through my emails, then that helped me remember like how it all went. Okay. So you want me to start with the night before you said, right? Yes. Cause I know you had basically, you scheduled the email to go out and then you had something planned for launch day. Yeah. Right. Okay. And you wanted to cap your students, but then you really couldn't. <laughs> yeah. I want to hear okay. all the details about that. Okay. <laughs> all right. Okay. So first of all, it was so scary and stressful, obviously, to do this. This was like before this, I had only launched a product that was $34.99. So that was like the highest I'd ever tried to sell something. I was really nervous. I was introducing it at like half the price that I wanted to eventually sell it for, but it was still like, it was $75. So to me, that's like, oh my gosh, that's more than double. And I don't know, I was just really nervous. And I did try to prep my audience by, t- I made a video like a week before, just like a casual one in my car. And I was like, hey guys, just want to let you know, program's coming out like next week. I just want you to know this isn't a workbook. And as such, it's not the same price. <laughs> I, was like, I was like so nervous of what they would think, you know? So I was like trying to like adjust them to the idea that this is, you know, not $30. <laughs> right. So I was still like, I had all the program together, but like I was still trying to get the sales page together. So, you know, adding in stuff and it was so hard because you're just like, okay, I worked a year and a half on this. I spent honestly, you know, quite a bit of money too. I did invest in it just because I, I needed some additional professional help on certain aspects. So I didn't want to ruin it all by like having a crappy sales page that didn't like really show off the program. And I made all like I do all the graphic stuff. Like I learned that myself. I'm very particular. So I was doing all of that and just trying to figure out the copy, you know, like what do I do for the copywriting? Just trying to, I was just at that point where I was, I have a chronic illness. And so my symptoms, they act up a lot and I have really, really poor energy. You would never really know it from seeing me in person, but when no one's around, like, you know, you can see how I really am. So I was at a point where I just was so exhausted and I had so much brain fog that I felt like I just can't, like, I can't even think of what to write, honestly. I just don't know. And I was just feeling like this is just too much for me. So I don't know if, let's see, that night, let's see. Basically what I was doing was the week of the launch, I was kind of sending them just some, some emails that would take them to a video to kind of sh- show off facets of the program, you know, just to kind of, but there was no way to buy it yet because still trying mm-hmm. to manage the sales page. <laughs> so the next morning I was trying to do it because I hadn't wanted to launch it that day. I think it was Friday. 
I felt like that's not a good day to launch. It's like the end of the week, but I was like, ah, it's already delayed as it is, you know? So, <laughs> so I, I was just like, I'm still not together. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to send an email. Like that's just like another update email. Like here's more about the program, which I had ready for them. So I, I just, I wasn't going to sell it yet. Cause like, okay, sales page isn't just fully together yet. It, like I had it published and everything, but it wasn't, I didn't give them any links to it. Mm. So usually on Fridays in the afternoon, I go do some Bible volunteer work with my son. And I just felt like just through this whole process, I've, I didn't want to like forgo that for business, if that makes sense. It just yeah. doesn't feel right to me. I so <laughs> yeah, but I was like trying to like get this stuff together and like, it's like getting close to noon and I need lunch and I'm like, ah. so I send this email and I hop in the shower. I have to like leave in 10 minutes. And again, there was no links to buy the program or the sales page in this at all. I get out of the shower and I have like two or three email notifications saying that I sold the program, like two two or three people bought the program. And I was like, what? How's that possible? I don't even, I didn't give them the sales page, you know? (laughs) So, and I found out that there's a way to find the sales page. If you like go to the post I gave them and you go to the tool, you know, the top bar and you navigate around, Mm -hmm. you can kind of find it on your own. And so I think I emailed one of the ladies who signed up. I was like, wait, how did you, how did you buy the program? Like I didn't, she's like, I found it. You know, so, <laughs> so I was before that point, I was just feeling so overwhelmed. I think I was crying in the shower. Honestly, I was just so overwhelmed. I just like, I have done all this and I just don't think I can do this. Mm-hmm. So but when I got out of the shower and I saw that happen, it was like just the little boost I needed to just do it. I was like, you know what? I'm overthinking this. I am like freaking out and it's not needed. And I just need to give him the stinking sales page, <laughs> move on and just whatever, see what happens, you know? Yeah. So, so I did. So I was like, okay, I got to leave in like two minutes. You know, I sent this. <laughs> oh, yeah, I love <laughs> so, you have to tell everyone the subject line. Yes. Yeah, so the subject line says you stinkers P3 program ready for you. So <laughs> And then I just was like, you guys are such stinkers. If you sneaked around and found the enroll button, I got out of the shower feeling all freaked out over officially launching this with an actual purchase button and then saw an email saying someone had purchased it. Then a few more. I was like, wait, what? How did that happen? I didn't even give you the link. I think you just forced me to launch. Thank you wholeheartedly for the kick in the pants. Let's just do this thing. So then I gave them the link. And yes, I had planned on originally only accepting 200 people. And just for the record, I did send one more email that evening because I think stinkers went into people's spam filter and Gmail. (laughs) (laughs) So you can see here, I I sent another email because I saw my open rate on this one was pretty low and I knew all the others were higher. And I think someone might've emailed me about that too. So I sent one more email that was more standard. (laughs) Right. So programs ready. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I basically, I sent that email out, the stinker email, and then I dashed off to my Bible volunteer work. And then I did kind of, I was checking my phone. Like I had a way to log into the back end on my phone, right? Like, so I'm like driving down the hill and then waiting to meet up with everyone. And so I kind of checked in, I saw like some more sales coming in and then I had said I was capping it at 200, but the crazy thing was I'm, I'm out for, you know, two or three hours. And when I got back home, I had sold already like 200 or more. And That's just amazing. It, I, mean, I could not believe, I mean, I really couldn't believe it at all. I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and 
then to me at that point, I felt like, wait, well, now that's not fair because I literally just sent the email three hours ago. And now I'm going to tell like the rest of the people, sorry, too late. Like you didn't get in in the first three hours. Like that's just not fair. Like half the people probably haven't even seen their email yet. Mm -hmm. So then I sent another email. I was like, whoa, you guys. Okay. So I'm going to let however many come in in the next like three or four days. I can't remember. So I did let them know because I didn't want to have like a false sense of limitation or something where I was lying to them or something. So I was just like, Hey, we're already at that cap, but that's just not fair to you guys. So let's leave a little more room. Yeah. So within those first few days, I think I ended up selling about 400 spots to the program. Yeah. Amazing. You said that was in like the first three or four days, right? Yeah. Yeah. And in that first day with the 200 at the $75, that was, I think a little over $14,000 for like that. In one day, in one day. That was (laughs) crazy, which was also great because since I, as I mentioned, I invested in creating the program in my head. I was just like, you know what, even if like, if I can at least just break even on what I've put in, like as far Mm -hmm. as money I've spent, that would be great. And so I felt like at ease after that. I was like, okay, so even if like everything goes downhill after this, at least I covered like the money I spent, you know? (laughs) Yeah. In one day, like how many businesses do you know of where you can invest thousands of dollars and get it all back in one day? Like all your expenses. Yeah. It doesn't happen in like regular business. Right. But you you built this incredible community and you were helping them and getting them excited and like they were just ready. They were ready for what you had to offer. Yeah. I love that. How much now, just a random aside, how much do you think you spent like over that prior year kind of building out that program? I I mean, I don't want to like, because, you know, I do think honestly that you can build something depending on your skill for very little or almost nothing with just your own skill. For me, I don't actually cook a lot. So my program is a bunch of recipes with cooking. So I don't, I didn't, it's just not my forte. So I did hire a recipe developer on Upwork. Okay. Um, so that was fairly pricey because, you know, we ended up doing seven weeks of meal plans, wow. with custom, re- I mean, they're all custom recipes. My VAs, you know, they did a lot of the, like my one VA, Lucelle, she's been with me for six years. She did all of the document compiling and that took just hundreds of hours. So I could have done that. Like if I was still bootstrapping, that's you. Cause that's what I used to do when I did my free <laughs> box. I did all the work myself and, and you can do that. And, and then it's free, but you know, for me, it was worth it to invest that and in having her do all that work. I did all the food photography for the, I wanted everything to be amazing and beautiful. So I learned food photography and then I had a kitchen assistant. She would cook all the meals and I would photograph them. So we had to do wow. that for all the meals and all the grocery costs for all those meals. Yeah. Um, so it definitely was several, it was probably at least ten or $15,000 for me. Gotcha. Okay. So it was a risk. Mm -hmm. But you, I mean, it sounds like to me, you cared so much about creating this excellent, super high quality product. And I have a feeling with how many people snatched up this product on launch day that they knew, like they knew they were getting an incredible value. Yeah. You were selling it for $75. I did the same thing, by the way, like my first course that launched, it was called Brilliant Pin Promotion at the time. Yeah. I was so nervous. I have that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah my VAs yeah. used it to set up our Pinterest account. You guys oh. should, I know you have a newer thing, but whatever it is yeah, you have. I don't, yeah, because I don't even sell that one anymore because yeah. it just, it's hard, you know, it's hard to keep yeah. up with. 
with every platform. And, and I'm like you, like I don't want to sell a product unless I feel like it's yeah the best basically. <laughs> but I was so nervous about the $75 price tag I put on my course that I literally threw in a second course for the same. I was like, I'm also going to teach you everything I know about Facebook ads and you get that for free. And yeah. Um, yeah, it's just, it's so funny looking back, but it's like, yeah, people knew like, oh, this is a great deal. Yeah, I know. And it's normal to feel scared like that when it's your first time. It's, you know, it's yeah. a totally normal thing, but like, just do it. Just do yeah, it. just do it. So then by the end of that three or four days, do you mind sharing your total sales for that period? You know what? I don't remember exactly. I'm going to say if it was around 400 times 75, that's about $30,000 or yeah. so. Yeah. That's amazing. I mean, that's just incredible in four days. And yeah. you didn't have a fancy webinar to pitch your course. No. You didn't. I know you mentioned you had some videos, right? So ahead of time. So you did yeah. get people excited with that. Did you, yeah. was it a big fancy kind of production for those videos? I do have a DSLR and I've done okay. now for years and I'm, I'm very like, I set up the scene and then I edit the video okay. and I add a filter so it's more visually saturated. So they are nice quality videos and I had a little mic, but you know, they were like me in my kitchen. And like, for instance, what I did was I showed them in one of the little videos to show them like how this is different from, because basically for a lot of people coming off of this diet, they, their solution is to either eat paleo or low carb. Hmm. which is the general way a lot of people eat to lose weight or maintain it. So I was basically trying to show them why what I had that was so tailored now to this specific diet, why was it different and better than just surfing Pinterest for low carb recipes, which is what mm -hmm. I did and what we've all been doing for the last several years until now, you know? So I did a little demonstration with them. I had cooked up basically like three different dishes that were very similar. So we had a, the recipe from our, my P3 program. It was like the spaghetti squash and meatballs dish. Then I searched for that same type of dish on Pinterest and I brought up like two other, you know, similar recipes. And what I did was I cooked them all and then I wrote out the macros for all of them. And then I was able to show them why these choices, even though they seem like they're safe, they say low carb, why they're not as good and why it'll make it harder to maintain your weight loss with these recipes versus the one that's been made specially for you. So I kind of like did this little demo in my kitchen. Yeah. And so I did a few things like that to show them. Yeah. So that's what I did. That's really smart. Basically. Okay. And this is such a, and maybe you weren't even necessarily thinking about it this way, but a very powerful sales strategy is to give your potential customers a light bulb moment where basically you're shifting everything they thought they knew about a particular topic and saying, hey, it's okay. I understand why you thought that, you know, these low carb recipes or whatever would be great, but here's why I'm going to switch everything around for you and show you that, no, there's a better way. And like the fact that you demonstrated that on video, ah. I just, I love that. That's so smart. Thank you. It was, it was fun. It was good. I still have them up today. You know, if you guys, if you want to see them, like just to get an idea, we can link to them or something. But oh, sure. Yeah. Just so people get an idea. But yeah, it's just, and I always try to put myself in the boat with them because I've been where they were. So I never try to like come off all high and mighty. Like, don't you know, that's not a good choice. <laughs> like, I don't, I would never, you know, cause yeah. I thought the same thing. And I used to have the same struggle. And so I'm showing them, like, I learned over time. I was like, I didn't know this either, you guys. I learned, like, wow, there's differences in this. And this is why. And, and this is why it's so much easier to maintain this way and not this way. And mm -hmm. So, yeah. yeah. I love that. Oh, I love that. 
Okay, so I want to show people, you had a whole list of the emails that you sent out during that launch period. Now, I've had open rates like yours in the past. I'll be honest, this past year, my open rates have plummeted. And I think it's because I have not been as present and active online. So that's a huge part of it. But I will tell you that even when my open rates have been as high as yours have been, my click-through rates are way lower. So I want people to see what a huge lever that click-through rate is basically. And the fact that you don't need to have list shame, you guys, you don't need to freak out that you don't have 20 some thousand people on your list like Razel had, because if you have the right targeted people on your list and you have solid open rates or yeah, solid open rates, and then even better solid click-through rates. So people actually want to click through, they want to see your product. That's where the real power of your list is. That's cool. Yeah. And it's funny that you mentioned that because that's one thing that I haven't really paid much attention to. Like as far as researching, I'm like, I don't know what a good open and click through rate is. (laughs) But apparently you said this is good. So these, I just kind of took a little screenshot. I use ConvertKit of the emails that I sent out for my launch. So this shows how many that were sent to, how many opened, how many clicked the link I sent. And Raizel is correct. So your first email that you sent that was you stinkers, P3 program ready for you, that had a lower open rate for her, which it was 17.9% because of that whole issue of it potentially going to spam. Yes. <laughs> but you still had, and again, so the, and it went out to 23,265 subscribers. open rate, but a 3.9% click-through rate, which means that 898 people clicked over to the landing page were interested in buying that course. And also for you guys, because I hear this a lot, people get freaked out when they start sending more emails and they get more unsubscribes. You will. When you send more emails, you'll get more unsubscribes. But she only had 58 unsubscribes out of... 20 over 23,000 people. And like the fact that you had 898 people clicking, because I'll be honest, when I send an email that doesn't like, uh, it's not quite resonating as much. I'll get the same amount of clicks as I will unsubscribes. Gotcha. Gotcha. (laughs) So I might get a couple hundred clicks. So for me, I know if I, if I keep my, if my click rate is much higher than my unsubscribe rate, then I feel like I did a good job. That email resonated. It was good stuff. But if they start approaching like equal, then I'm getting a little bit. (laughs) You're like, Hmm. (laughs) However, I mean, sometimes that's just the nature of if you've sent a lot of emails for a promo. That's good. That's cool to know. Yeah. And, yeah. and it is true. Like you said, I think if, if your traffic is targeted and you are that small nation, one of the few providers of information in that niche, then, you know, they're going to want to hear what you have to say. And yeah. then I'm curious, how many emails did you send after you opened the doors and linked to the landing page on that Friday? How many emails did you send throughout the open cart period? I know I sent one, that one that evening for, you know, mm-hmm. like, oh, in case you didn't get it. And then I sent probably at least two more, I two or three. I, I could look okay. back if you want. I don't remember exactly. I am definitely a little bit more of a hesitant email sender person back to back. Although probably now I'd be a little bit more, I, I probably would send more just because I have learned. I have seen that like the most sales often come at the very end. Yeah. You know, you, right. you hear that all the time, but you still feel like, yeah, but I sent them three emails. Like, 
I'm sure if they wanted it, they would have bought it. But I do the same thing. I, I will do last minute stuff. I'm like, oh yeah, I see there's a thing. Well, I'm not ready to decide. And then you're like, oh wait, crap, there's only four hours left. <laughs> yeah, I, that, I did want it. Okay. <laughs> right, right. I mean, sometimes, yeah, it does take knowing that, oh, I can only, today's the last day to get this thing. Like, let me go ahead and get it. <laughs> right, yeah. Plus the other thing I told, like, I just did this the other day because there was a sale for something I was promoting. It was, it's like an affiliate thing, but I don't honestly do that all the time. I send them free things all the time, whether it's a new interview or like just something encouraging. I do that all the time. And then just like this last email is like, here are the sales ending in four hours. And it's like, you know, for those of you who already bought or who aren't going to do the diet right now, this is the last one, you know, don't worry about it. And, and thanks for letting me send that because that's what allows me to provide all this free content to you by being able to occasionally let you guys know about sales. So yeah. I've just kind of come to this piece with it, I guess, just that like, you know what? I get emails all the time from people. All you have to do is delete it if you're not, it's fine. And then if most of my content is just free helpful stuff, if you get three emails in one day, you know, four times a year, like I don't, I don't, honestly, it's pretty reasonable for all that I've given, like for all right. of the time I've spent writing articles that they've been able to read for free. It's, it seems reasonable, you know? Yeah. I love that mindset. And I love too, how you basically said you're, it seems like you're more upfront with them as well saying, thank you for letting me send these because you're supporting this business <laughs> and yeah. you can't afford to keep putting all your time into all this free content if you're not getting I can't. I even have it on my blog, I think, somewhere. I was like, if I couldn't be compensated for the, the many thousands of hours, I would be working at a grocery store somewhere and I wouldn't have time to write these articles for you. I mean, I make these nice videos. I make it into a podcast. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I can't. No one can work for free. So there definitely will be people who we've just taken it for granted, right? There is so much free content online that we, mm -hmm. we expect it now and we feel like we're owed that. But in reality, we're not really owed all this free information. Somebody spent time on it. Yeah. We all have to make a living. So it's, it's very, it's reasonable. <laughs> right. I like that attitude. I like that a lot. Okay. So I would love to hear how you then took this amazing course that you created and turned it into a way that you can have evergreen sales coming in. What I did end up doing, cause it, it was true at first I had the big launch and then everything kind of petered out. It was like one sale here and there every few days. And I was like, Hmm, that's not going to work. <laughs> so yeah. So then I realized, okay, I need like a little funnel. So it's just actually a very simple email funnel that I have that's always going. And there's a couple different ways people enter it. So for me, my biggest kind of traffic source, I guess, to finding out about my program is through some blog posts that I have on my free blog that rank well on Google. So for others of you, like I know, Bethann, you have some really good information about Facebook ads and stuff. And you have a course, I think, on that. And so, you know, I can't actually make use of that. I can't do Facebook ads because of the diet. When, when things are medically supervised, you can't, it's like, mm -hmm. they don't allow you yeah. to make ads for them. So like, I can't even, like, if I wanted to, I couldn't. So I didn't have access to that. But those posts that rank well, I have, as I mentioned earlier, a free P3 foods list, just like a little cheat sheet of like foods that are low carb, basically foods that are medium carb and may not be okay. And foods that you want to wait to introduce until later. So it's just free. When they sign up to get that little download, they get put into an email funnel. And I'll talk about that in a second. The other way they can get into the funnel is on my actual p3tolife.com sales page. There's a bar at the top 
for a $50 off coupon code for the program, which almost everyone uses, you know, when they buy it, because like, that's kind of a lot off, you know, so because now the program is $199. And then there's a $50 off coupon code. So when they sign up for that, they also go into the funnel. And the way they find out about my program, because actually my program sales, uh, my program website doesn't rank very well in Google because it's okay. have much on it that's not behind a wall, you know, it's like a membership site. So again, I have like all of my articles that are on my free blog that talk about P3, that phase. I have a little bar up there that's like, do you want something? I can't remember how it says it, but basically like, do you want a P3 program? Like here it is, like there is one. So that will drive them there. So those are the kind of the main ways they get into the funnel. The actual funnel emails, I think there's like five or six emails spread out. And I just kind of basically slowly introduce them to the program. Uh, one email, for instance, has like testimonials, like I'll have in there. And then I also have a link to our testimonials page, which we have, like we continually add to it. And there's like over 140 now. So it's amazing. Um, yeah, yeah. So there's, you know, if they see that it's kind of like, well, as long as I have the money, basically this works. So it's worth doing, you know? Um, so I have that. And then I think I might link to one or two of my original videos where I do that little demo with the food. So do you, with that funnel, your ba the limited time part of it is that coupon, correct? Actually, to be honest, there's no limited time on the coupon, but see, I have a built-in deadline because the ladies getting off of the diet, they have to do this three to six week period of low carb eating. So okay. I don't have to create that time because they're, when they get off the diet, they either go it on their own or they do my program. Like, so gotcha. I, yeah. So, so you are, there's like lifestyle urgency basically yeah. <laughs> built yeah, into your so. offer. Now, do you mind sharing maybe how many new course enrollments you're getting a month? So these days I get between like 60 and 70 members a month, I believe. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Between 60 and 70 members a month. It's a little bit seasonal. So winter time with the holidays, nobody's usually dieting. So that's the lowest time of year. Mm -hmm. And then, but the rest of the year is a little more stable. That's, know? I mean, that's amazing. And you're just, you already have the great blog content. You're getting that Google traffic. So those new students are coming in basically just organically, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. yeah. Again, I can't really advertise. I can't right. do advertising. So. Right. And you know what? I actually, that's really neat because a lot of people would see some sort of limitation like that and say, well, I can't, I can't have this evergreen funnel or I can't do this or that because of this excuse over here. And you could have easily said, well, I can't do Facebook ads, but instead you just worked with what you had and 60 to 70 new students for a decently priced product. Like that's, yeah. That's fabulous. Good. Thank you. Yes. So I wanted to talk about that too, because that is true. We're all going to have a limitation in some way. So like maybe you don't have a list like me, but you, you know, you can make use of Facebook ads or like, for instance, a lot of people will gain traction through approaching other bloggers to either guest post or maybe get on an interview. But I didn't have that either because, because of the, um, the niche I'm in, as I mentioned, the medical supervision, it's kind of controversial. Nobody in the health space would interview me. Like they're, they're not going to ever be like, oh, look, here's this cool thing. They're not, they're like, no, this is bad. That was not a possibility for me ever to like get any sort of traction that way, reach other people's audiences. I always see that like, oh, you should do a JV affiliate thing. I'm like, yep, can't do that. <laughs> so yeah, so definitely just make use of the things that you already know what you can't maybe have access to, but what can you do? Because there are so many different ways to build an online business. Right. So true. So true. 
because you've built up this awesome product, you've got students coming in basically now on autopilot for your course. I know you mentioned that that's freed up a a lot of extra time for you to pursue other things that you love. So I'd love to hear more about that. So my new project is that I'm I'm trying to learn to be a children's book illustrator. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. I just, I love that. I would never have thought that I never had this desire like when I was, I liked to draw when I was a kid, but it never went anywhere because I never had lessons. But so, yeah, the thing is, I feel like for all of us, when, if we're into doing online business, whether we're starting or in it, like it's, it probably is a passion, right? Cause it's, it's so hard. Like you're going to give up if it's not a passion. And so the same for me, it, it's been a passion doing my blog and these articles and helping ladies for like seven years, but it's not my only passion. And for me, everyone's different. Like for instance, my husband, he's a musician, hobby wise. That's been his main hobby his whole life. Like 20 years, that's it. Like he hasn't, I mean, he does a few other things, but it's his constant. He's always been interested in it. I, on the other hand, I have had like so many different hobbies. Like I've quilted, I've done ceramics, I used to (laughs) dance. Like, I mean, I've done everything and I get tired of it. After a couple years, I'm like, okay, I know enough for me and I kind of want something new now. And so I was just kind of burned out, like a little bit tired of, I can only tell my diet story so many times. I do interview people, which is fun. But you know, after a while, I feel like I feel like I've covered just about everything there is to cover on this topic, you know, so I just need something new. And then my son, you know, we homeschool, he's nine, he's getting older, he needs more involvement with us. And I was just feeling this year, especially because I'm, I'm totally guilty of letting my business kind of take too much of my time in the past. You know, I am totally guilty of that. I, I do like to work. It's satisfying. So I have to constantly work at trying to be balanced about it. And I'm, I'm not always the best. But anyway, I felt like this year, I really wanted to just make it more about my family and doing things that were more connected to my family because my son just, I just like he needs it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so I was trying to figure that out. Like, how are we going to do this? And with our homeschooling, I've seen that some moms, like, I feel like they are genetically built to be moms. You know what I mean? It does seem like that for some. Yeah. I don't know if you're like that. Maybe you are. Like, no, I'm not. I'm so natural. (laughs) Yeah, me neither. So I love my son so much, but like, I cannot get all my fulfillment as a person from my children. Like, I can't. It's just, I I get really depressed and then I start eating cake and it just all goes down. So with homeschooling, like, I can't just sit and like watch him work math problems and like pop in when he needs help and like just sit there and watch him do that. Like I can't do that. I just, I will just be so unhappy. So I'm like, what can I do that like is more connected to my son that helps him learn something really useful and valuable, but that also like stimulates my brain enough to feel satisfying for me too. And I can't remember exactly how we got the idea, but we started thinking about writing some children's stories like together. So that's what we've been doing. It's been awesome. Like we have 12 different partially finished stories. They're all going to be connected. This set of characters with animals and some little kids. And so, and then all these different experiences. So yeah, so we're writing these together. It's just something we can do together. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And we were talking about like actually self-publishing these for real. Like we could always keep it just a home project, but I don't know. It's just fun and to just do more with it if possible. We were thinking about like the illustrations because kids books need illustrations and I'm looking online on Upwork and Fiverr and there's some really great illustrators out there. But for something good, it's really pricey. And I'm just the sort of person where if I'm going to do it, I want it to be good. Like I don't want just some half-hearted little circles with sticks for the kids, you know? So, right, right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, some people do that, but I'm just like, I just, ah. But I was still honestly kind of thinking about it. Like, I don't know, maybe we should just 
spend a bunch of money on one book and just see what happens. You know, my, my son, he's the more practical one. He's like, mom, that's way too much money. Like, yeah, I know, <laughs> but I don't know what else to do, you know? And he's like, you should draw them. You illustrate the books. And I'm like, who me? <laughs> he was so like matter of fact about it. Just like, I don't know if you've experienced this, the, the, the trust and belief your kids put in you. It's yeah. humbling because we feel so imperfect and so, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And yeah, they're like, oh, of course you of course can, you can do like, it. You're a superwoman. Like you're right. mom. <laughs> well, and we tell them all the time that they can do anything, right? Yes. They're like, well, you can do anything too. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly. And so when he said that, I, I mean, I literally draw stick figures. I sent a picture to you of like stick figures. I draw stick figures. I don't know how to draw at all. But I, like, you know, as you mentioned, I didn't want to, I'm trying to set a good example for my son that like, hey, you can learn anything if you put your mind to it. So mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm like, I can't tell him that I don't think I can learn that. <laughs> you know? So I'm like, well, I guess I could try, you know? So I just started going on Instagram and finding illustrators and just looking at their illustrations and like try, and then I was just like, from reference, I would look at it. And then on my paper, I would just try to draw it, you know? And, and I was like, okay, yeah, okay, I think, you know, I'm learning a little bit here. So I've basically been doing that every day for the last six months, just drawing from reference mostly, watching a few YouTube tutorials. And so my plan is to illustrate our books. And he helps, like he helps come up with, okay, how should this scene look? Where should the rabbit on the sled be down here or up here? You know, <laughs> so, oh, so I love that. yeah. So right now what we did was we started a little blog at happykidsstories.com. Um, if you guys want to check it out. And I think what's going to be really fun about these stories is that I read to my son a lot. I've been doing it for years. I don't like reading books to him that I find extremely boring or irritating. Mm-hmm. So, and my idea is for, for parents to read these stories to their kids. And so I want to sprinkle it with things that as parents will resonate with. You know how kids say cute things or funny things or, or yes. just kids do? We see memes on Instagram all the time, right? right? And when we see that, we just have an emotional response, like we smile or we laugh because it's like, oh, yeah, my kid does that or, oh, it's so funny, you know? Mm-hmm. So I want to have our books have little elements of that where the parent will get it and be like resonate with it, you know? Okay. Oh, that just sounds so that, like, It's more interesting to read to them. To right. Read, you know? Right. Yeah. So with that, if you guys end up signing up for my email list, it's just basically chronicling our journey with making these stories. The input that I want to involve you guys with is I would love to have you send in phrases or cute things, silly things. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Um, And if we end up using it in a story, we will credit you and your child if you want, you know, by name in the book. I even thought of if we get enough people, we might even just have a page at the back of like cute things kids have said and with the mom and kid's name if you want, whatever you like. But yeah, so you can send that into us. So we'll have it so that we'll send you a little email where you can let us know, you know, just some things because you just can't make up the things kids say. Right. They're so, Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so you guys, if you didn't catch that, it's happykidsstories.com, right? And then you yep, can- happy kids stories, just one S, so happy kids stories. And so. send in your adorable things your kiddos are saying to Rizelle. I love that. You know what? I'm going to have to go back through my planner because I, that's why I love the favorite memories little section in my planner because then I, I, I'm always writing down like cute, sweet things that Holden is saying. 
Yeah, you have to do that too because you forget it otherwise. I do. Yes, you totally do. And I need to go back through. I used to post them on like Facebook sometimes when Holden was little or like the cute things he said. Like, I remember this this one actually came up with my time hop um, like a couple weeks ago. He was like three years old in preschool and he went to a Christian preschool and they were learning a verse from First Peter, I think. And the verse is like, Jesus, cast your cares on Jesus because he cares for you. And Holden said, Jesus cares a you, Peter Pan. Jesus cares of you, Peter Pan. Peter Pan. <laughs> oh, I love it. That's adorable. Anyways, yeah, I mean, there's so many. Yeah. No, I know. Please do. Please send stuff because I mean, that's what inspires us. Like sometimes even a phrase can inspire a whole story. You know, there was one my friend did. She inspired me and it worked with, we did this story where the, there's this little mouse who ends up finding he can paint really well. <laughs> And so, but the start is like the, the mom in real life, her daughter drew a picture of her in a huge coffee mug with like all these little squiggles around it. And she's like, and she, cause her mom loves coffee, you know, she's like, look, mommy, I drew a picture of you with all the coffee smelliness around you, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that is so cute, yeah. you know, I love that. <laughs> yeah. Good. Yeah. I really hope we can make this come to fruition. Cause I do like, we have so many ideas and then involving other people like that. I just think it can be really fun. And mm-hmm. I just like we need more things that help us interact with our kids. You know what I mean? Right. Yes, exactly. I mean, yeah. yeah. And I love that you've built your business in such a way that you have that time with your son. And now you guys have this amazing project you're doing together. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I I really appreciate it because it does take time to learn a new skill or a new hobby. And I wouldn't have the time, you know, without that. Um, I I could still be super busy in my business too, if I wanted to. Mm -hmm. I could still write more articles and more videos. But I just felt like I need a break from this right now. And I, and, and yeah, you can streamline things, you know? So. Right. Yeah. I mean, you've set it up in a way that even though you're taking a break, you're still getting sales in the door. Yeah. So that's awesome. Well, thank you so much for spending time with me today, Razel. This has just been so fun and I've just loved hearing your story. Do you have either a funny or adorable mom moment that you could share with your son or maybe a cute thing that he said? Okay, well, here's just a cute, a couple cute things that he says. So these are actually pretty recent. This was just in January. My son was like dancing. He's nine. He was dancing around, you know, and he's like, look, mom, I'm Mexican taco dancing. I was like, you mean salsa dancing? Salsa. Oh, is that what it is? I'm sure I thought I heard of taco dancing before. (laughs) So there's that one. And then, oh, and this was another thing. We were writing some letters to people. And he was saying, he's like, yeah, I like writing letters better. And I'm like, oh, why do you like it? And he's like, well, it's better because then they can't give you any back talk. <laughs> I was like, oh, my goodness. That is hilarious. So, I don't know where he comes up with this stuff. Yeah. Oh, I like writing letters. Yeah, see, stuff like that. We have to have all of these cute things they I say. Know. Yeah. And yeah. We got to write them down and treasure them for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So remind everyone one more time, Razel, where is the best place for them to find you online? So yes, happykidstories.com. And also if you have any questions, uh, even about like my launch stuff, mm-hmm. happykidstories at gmail.com. You can reach me there privately. And also I'm on, I'm on Instagram too, happykidstories. I'm just chronicling my little drawing journey there. Not really a whole lot to see yet. It's just, you know, but I'm getting better. I'm getting there. So yeah. Oh, I love that. Well, I just, yeah, it's been so fun chatting with you and thank you so much for sharing your story and everything you've learned and how you've grown. It's been great. 
Thank you. Well, thank you for share, letting me share because I've, I've never really gotten to share this aspect. I'm always just talking about the health stuff, not never like the business side. So it's been fun getting to share that. And I, I do want to say again, just like for any of you ladies that don't have some of Bethann's courses, like you should really get them because <laughs> you you just have a really good way of conveying information and your voice is great. Like, that's why I love listening to your podcast. Like, you know, like you explain things really well. It's very useful and you kind of share just all the different things they need to think about. So yeah, if any of you guys don't, I have like almost all of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much. That was really sweet. And FYI, you guys, I did not pay. You didn't tell me to do that. We are going to do, we are going to do, I forgot to say too, because I do want to make this more interactive. We're going to have downloadable like coloring pages that go with the story. Love it. Kids and mazes like that go with each story and like a recipe, like a kid friendly one you can make with your kids. Like we, I do mostly sugar-free stuff, but I guess I could have various versions, but yeah, like just yeah. more fun stuff too. So yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. It's the whole, I mean, you have this focus of like, let's spend quality time with our kids and you're making it fun and yeah. And you're bringing a community along on the ride with like, by including other yeah. cute things kids say. So, I mean, I think you're off to a great start. I think it's going to be you. great. Isn't Rizal just the best? I had so much fun chatting with her, and it just cracked me up how honest and transparent she was with her audience all throughout her launch. She clearly knows how to connect with them and cares so deeply about putting out a valuable product. And I know all of you out there listening do too. So if you want to make sure you're ready to launch, you're ready to create and put that incredible product of yours out into the world, I've got a quiz just for you. Head to brilliantbusinessmoms.com forward slash launch ready to find out if you're ready to launch and get some specific tips and recommendations depending on where you're at in your business. Again, that's brilliantbusinessmoms.com forward slash launch ready. And of course, now it's your turn to head out there and be brilliant.